ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is May the 6th, and on Saturday, Atlanta United will host Chicago at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Kickoff is going to be 6.08 in the p.m. This is going to be an interesting game for the five stripes, which are winless in their past four with just two goals scored because Chicago doesn't score a lot of goals. It only has six this season, but it doesn't give up a lot of goals. It only has seven. So I fully expect that Ezra Hendrickson, a good friend of Atlanta United manager Gonzalo Pineda, is going to try to bunker, going to try to get a couple of set pieces and see if they can beat Atlanta United one to nothing, something like that. The five stripes have yet to show they can break down a bunkered opponent. This isn't uh, indicative of anything Pineda has done. It was a problem under previous managers as well. It's a problem for teams around the world. Uh, When an opponent decides it wants to park the bus, it can be very difficult to break them down. Chicago, of course, has Jared and Shakiri. It's just added Chris Mueller. Hendrickson said on Friday that Mueller uh, is going to be available. He was acquired from uh, Hibernian in Scotland where he barely played after being a pretty productive player for Orlando in in Major League Soccer. Um, Let's go through some numbers real quick, and then we'll start to talk. uh, We'll hear from Pineda talking about a variety of things. Um, Atlanta United is 2-0-2 at home. Chicago is 1-2-1 on the road this year. Atlanta United has scored 11 goals with 13 against, five of which have come from set pieces. Chicago, as I said before, six and seven. Expected goals this season, Atlanta United 13.0, they should have, versus 12.3 allowed. Chicago 9.0 versus 10.3. So Pineda was asked about the morale of the team coming back after a, a really rough April. And here's what he had to say. Probably a good positive to see is we are unbeaten at home. And, and that's also another positive. Of It's very hard to, to win in this league uh, when, when you play away. Uh, I think it's one of the most difficult leagues in the world to, to play away and because of the different conditions, weather, uh, turf. Uh, so uh, we are confident that now we'll have a good amount of games at home. Hopefully that brings the confidence. We always need our fans to be there cheering for us, bringing energy. And I think the morale of the team just needs one victory, one good victory, and then the morale of the team is going to be high again. Uh, I don't think it's low. As 
as well. That's something that I like about my team is very mature for, for the age that we have players very young, but they're premature about things. And they know at times, you know, you struggle at the beginning, but that brings everyone together at times. And adversity at times build teams in a better way than success, and especially at the beginning of the seasons. Talking about Seattle, like they are famous for doing that, like starting not great and then coming back stronger, because at times this adversity brings better communication and, and better things. So when you put all the dots together, then you're a better team at the end of the season. So part of the adversity that Atlanta is dealing with is something I referenced earlier, and that is defending set pieces. It has given up five goals on set pieces. That's non-penalty kicks this season, which is an astronomical total considering they've only played nine games. You know, in the past, Pineda has said that they're not a tall team. So that is a factor. So I asked them if they were doing anything different this week to try to defend set pieces. Yes, we did. We did. We've been training a lot. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much all he wanted to say. Um, but I got a question from a reader, and usually we'll save these for the mailbag, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Um, how does a short team, such as Atlanta United, work in training on defending teams with taller players when you don't have taller players in your pool? And here's what Pineda said. Well, we've been putting, obviously, Jackson is tall. Alex De Jong is not, probably not super tall, but he right. has some height and he jumps well. We put even Rob Valentino okay. there. Uh, it's, it's not about, for me, the height only. It's obviously the concentration and, uh, and working together and the intensity and the mentality that we put on set pieces on, in everything we do in football. But specifically on that topic, I, felt, I feel like it's more the application because it's, uh, you can concede goals, men marking, they can do blocks on you, you can lose your mark and then you can concede a goal. You can uh, concede a goal on zonal marking. It's not about the tactic, it's about uh, the application. Of, of those tactics and how we can work all together to, to, to keep a clean sheet from set pieces. So it's more about that. So today we work more about the mentality. Obviously, we adjust certain things, but uh, we talk more about the intensity and the amount of you know concentration that, that we put in, in those moments. So the team, um, I don't think it's going to get away from zonal marking, but Pineda did kind of imply they're going to do something different uh, against Chicago going forward. I, I don't know what it would be unless it's some sort of combination of zonal and man marking. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch on Saturday. Now, switching to the other end of the field, talking about the offense and the fact that it's only scored two goals in the past four games, I just posted a story on, on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. You'll see it on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, in which I document how many chances the team has created, how many shots it has on goal, and what its expected goals is during that time. It should have almost eight goals instead of the two that it scored. So Pineda was asked about how to convince the players that the plan is working and they don't have to make any changes. Yes, of course. I mean, I don't know how to coach other style of play. I don't know how to coach kicking just long balls and winning the second balls and and, and put 50-50 balls and try to secure the ball that way or create chances from just scramble plays or random plays. I don't know how to coach that. Um, so I think I'm... Um, I'm sticking to what we do very well. I think also that the response from the players is very good. They feel comfortable. Obviously, I ask feedback from them on how they feel playing this way. And they feel the same. They feel that it's just little details and a little bit more, sometimes good luck. And a little bit good luck and, you know, we put a, a goal in and then we continue attacking and then the priorities are going to be on our side. I, I, I'm, I'm no, doubt, no doubts about that. So... Uh, 
we're sticking with the same style, we're trying to play the same, we are one of the best teams in possession, we're trying to disrupt every team we, we face, that's how we attack, that's how we create chances, we are working obviously in create better chances, we are perfecting these, again, the consistency on the lineups and how we can have more cohesion is part of, of this growth, but, but I think we're, we're in, in, in a good spot in terms of general playing style. Panetta did mention the game against Montreal, which Atlanta United lost 2-1, to one, um, was the first time this season that Araujo and Almada were able to start a game together. Um, he believes that the more that uh, those two and Marcelino Moreno and whomever starts at striker, I assume it's going to be Ronaldo Cisneros, the more they play together, the better they're going to be, and the goals should start coming. And I think that's a fair point. I, I think that the probabilities for Atlanta United haven't been great. I don't think it's been creating a lot of quality scoring chances, um, but it has been creating chances that eventually the ball will go in. Um, right now, they're just in a, in a bad rut, and they need a little bit of confidence. There was some news. To, there are two pieces of news this week, actually. Uh, the first was the team traded winger Jake Mulraney to Orlando for as much as $275,000 in general allocation money. It was a bit surprising. Uh, Mulraney is a popular guy in the locker room. He was kind of being used as a super sub. I think that had he got consistent minutes, he could have been an impactful player uh, for Atlanta United, but with the players ahead of him, that just was not going to happen. So I'm glad he's going to get to go to Orlando and perhaps get a fresh start and perhaps get that consistent playing time. But here's what Pineda had to say about the trade. Well, uh, maybe adding a little bit of flexibility for the next uh, transfer window. Uh, obviously, I think we were very happy with Jake. He was always reliable, good teammate, good good guy. Uh, he said goodbye to his teammates, so uh, we, we wish him the best in Orlando. This was he didn't request a trade for playing time or anything like that. This was no. just purely okay. No, no. And, and you've talked about next man up with Mulroney gone. Who who is the next man up uh, at that spot that he typically played? Yes, we have multiple options there. We felt that we have some flexibility with some players, especially coming back from injury. For example, Caleb Wiley. We obviously, we need a left winger. Caleb has done a very good job in there. Uh, if we need something on the right, obviously you have always Brooks Lennon going there. Matchup Troll is coming back soon. Okay. So we have a few, even Ronaldo can play mm-hmm. out as a winger there, like he did that in Mexico. So we feel like we are comfortable in that position and, and, and we can go from there. Now, the other piece of news that came out this week didn't doesn't really involve Atlanta United, but it does involve two of the biggest teams in the Western Hemisphere, and that is Chivas and Club America, which are going to play on September 25th at Georgia Tech's Bobby Dodd Stadium, which was one of my favorite venues uh, covering Atlanta United because of the skyline in the background and the fact that I've never been to a stadium in Europe, but that's what it felt like to me, the closest thing in North America probably to that. Um, again, the game is on September 25th. This is uh, known as the Super Classico rivalry. Uh, it is going to be played on the turf at Bobby Dodd Stadium. The game time has not been announced yet. Um, now, some of you went on Twitter and were asking, well, why can't Atlanta United play U.S. Open Cup games at Bobby Dodd Stadium instead of doing it at Kennesaw State, um, for example? Or, or why can't we do X and X at Bobby Dodd Stadium? Well, there's a couple of really good reasons. I don't know if you've been to a U.S. Open Cup game at Kennesaw State Stadium for Atlanta United in the past couple of years, but they don't sell out. So why in the world would you try to lease a stadium at Bobby Dodd that seats, I don't know, 50-something thousand when you only need about 6,000 
at most seats. It's, that's just prohibitively expensive. Now, I know you would probably counter, well, more of us would show up if it was at Bobby Dodd instead of Kennesaw State. But it doesn't, business doesn't work that way. I think it's cool. I hope it sets a standard of other teams coming to try to play at Bobby Dodd. Um, I'm looking forward to going to the game. Um, I think I'm in town that weekend. I need to go and look and look at Atlanta United's schedule. But uh, I think it's going to be awesome for the city. I think it's going to be great for those two teams. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, um, we're going to go to a break now. And when we come back, I've got uh, one question, one really long question to answer from the mailbag. And then I want to talk a little bit about a blog that I wrote earlier this week. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to remind you, please, that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. Now, the question uh, that came in is they asked to remain anonymous, and that's fine by me. Um, in general, what do I think of Pineda? Is he engaging? Does he go out of his way to explain what he's thinking, his tactical approach, etc.? Is he taking the club ambassador part of the job seriously? Yeah, uh, I, I, I like Pineda. Um, of course, the bar was pretty low with the previous manager in terms of communication and information, but Pineda has gone very much out of his way to try to explain his thinking on tactics, his thinking on personnel. Sometimes he doesn't want to give away information regarding, you know, like set pieces and things like that. And I understand that because it could put them at a tactical disadvantage. But he has been about as open and honest and communicative as he could possibly be. Now, some people don't like his tactics yet. I would say I understand based upon the results. I would also say that the team is still yet to be able to put out a first choice lineup. Again, nine different starting lineups in nine games. I think Saturday you're going to get to see the same lineup as you saw against Montreal, which will be the first time this season. And hopefully you'll get to see some chemistry and some cohesion and confidence start to build. Because I know I'm tired of writing the same storylines every week <laughs> from this team, to be quite honest. Now, do I agree with some of Pineda's tactics? Not always. Um, I would much prefer the team put in some early crosses. Uh, as opposed to always going to the end line and putting in crosses. Um, some personnel decisions that I don't agree with, but I'm not the manager, and he knows infinitely more about soccer than I do. Um, as far as being a club ambassador, you know, they've they've opened up training to the supporters a couple of times for these big kind of parties. Um, Pineda's gone out of his way to be engaging with the fans, uh, much more so than really any previous manager. Um, I think he gets what Atlanta United wants, 
in terms of being a brand and a club. And he executes that pretty well. Um, and I want to thank y'all for that question. Now, I want to go into a blog that I wrote on Monday about Marcelino Moreno because uh, I got a lot of, of negative stuff on Twitter about that. Um, and that's okay. I don't write stuff to get clicks. I write stuff because I believe it. I write stuff that I think is fair. And I thought what I wrote about Moreno was fair. To sum it up, I said that he is a good player who has a chance to be a very good player if he'll play within Pineda's system. I think too often he tries to do too many things one-on-one, too much dribbling. And while he can beat somebody off the dribble, it seems like more and more he's losing the ball off the dribble and then not tracking back. Pineda has said many times he wants the ball to move quickly. He wants the ball to move side to side. And often, when Moreno gets the ball, he puts his head down and he starts going at defenders. And that's fine. But when you do it every time, it becomes predictable. It slows down the offense. Your teammates are going to stop making runs because they're not going to get the ball. It just it slows down everything. It gives the defense a chance to get back. And I know that Moreno can be a pass and move player. I've seen it a hundred times. But this season, really ever since he scored that magnificent goal against D.C. United, it seems like he's kind of fallen in love with trying to do that over and over again. Again, I think he is a a good player. He has a chance to be a very good player. I'm not saying that he's a bad person either. I have no idea who he is as a person. I know he's he's a family man, and I know he said he loves his family and and he loves uh, God. Um, He seems like a good guy. Uh, on the field. He's a quiet guy. My point was simply, try it. Try to be a pass and move player. See what happens. And then I said, and if he can't do that, then Pineda is going to have to make a tough choice. He's either going to have to let him keep doing what he's doing and see if the offense can somehow develop around that, coach him up to be a pass and move player, or he's going to have to consider putting him on the bench. And I know Marino doesn't want to go on the bench, So to be happy, he'd have to be traded or sold. It's not personal. It happens a thousand times in professional sports. Anyway, that was the point of the blog. We got one more question in here uh, from Robin. Who are the top two targets for the next transfer window? Atlanta United has quite a few roster slots open right now because of season-ending injuries and things like that. I wouldn't be surprised if Matthew Hoppe doesn't come in in the summer transfer window. But the only way he comes in is if I think Atlanta United gets rid of someone because he's not going to leave Europe to come to MLS and still not get playing time and still not start, or I wouldn't if I were him. And I think uh, the other one is Atlanta United is probably going to try to find a veteran midfielder. Um, they got a lot of young players. They're mature players, but they're young players in the middle right now. The loss of Ozzy Alonso earlier this season to a season-ending ACL injury really put a cramp in that. So I think they're probably going to try to find someone uh, maybe not as old as Alonzo, but who has some veteran experience who could come in. Obviously, they can't do a DP deal um, because they're all filled up there. But somebody who could come in and and just be a little bit of glue, be a a leader. Because the team still, I think, lacks some on-field leadership right now. Um, There's no one 
getting in the referee's face to complain about stuff. There's no one getting an opponent's face to complain about stuff. Um, there needs to be some fire right now. All right, we're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Please consider clicking, sharing, and subscribing to this podcast. And as I close every podcast, just please hug your loved ones, talk to your loved ones, tell them how you're feeling. It's very important. I want to thank those who've reached out to me these past week. Most of you know I'm going through a bit of a tough time right now. And your communication and your reaching out means the world to me. I can't repay you for it. All I can do is say thank you and offer the same to you. This is Southern Fried Soccer. Y'all take care. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.